Welcome to episode 17 of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. On this week's show, we have uh, the second half of the interview with Dan McDougal from the one and only Frankenbock. We also have uh, information on the new day of the podcast. It's no longer being released on Tuesdays. We uh, have our band of the week. We have information on the band of the year and what they receive. And uh, I want to know, what song do you like waking up to? Because uh, I I have various songs that I like waking up to. Some days I like waking up to heavy music and some days soft music. But all metal in the end, right? Anyway, uh, and no, porn is not a song. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, we'll talk about that in the show. But uh, what do you say we uh, kick off the show? This is Dan from Frankenbach. You're listening to the Full Metal Rockdown Podcast. Presented by Tom Roberts. All metal and mostly Aussie. Thank you for sticking around and listening to the rest of the show. Uh, like I said in the intro, this is episode 17 of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. I can't remember whether I actually said that I'm Tom Roberts. And if you didn't know that, then why the fuck are you listening? Anyway, uh, if you also didn't know that I swear, well, fuck, get used to it. Anyway, um, yeah, as I said in the intro, the Full Metal Lockdown podcast has a new day of the week. Yeah, it will no longer drop on Tuesdays, it will drop on Wednesdays. Uh, As I record this, it is 10.44 on a Tuesday night. And yeah, the reason why the day has changed is Mondays are just too hard for me to get to my man cave, record the show and edit the show. Because for an hour long show, it takes me, what, like two hours to record it because I do it in segments and then it takes me like another two hours to edit all my shit and then I've got to uh, edit all the interviews and everything and yeah so uh, on Tuesdays now is when I record it instead of dropping it on Tuesday and uh, it will come out on uh, Wednesdays now but yeah on uh, on another front on it but on a very sad front one of the original metal bands and one of the greatest metal bands of all time, uh, Black Sabbath, have confirmed uh, that the heavy metal legends will record a follow-up to last year's 13 and embark on their final ever world tour. Now, saying that, I kind of hope that it is their final world tour. Like, that being said, like... I. I would love to send them, but I hope they don't do like a, uh, like a, uh, one of those people and just turn their career into a joke. They say we're retiring a year later. They say, oh, we're back. And the year after that, they say, guess what? We're retiring. And the year after they say, guess what? We're back. If you know what I mean? Like they just keep touring and milking the retirement tour. I hope they don't do that. Uh, if these guys retire, I want it to be permanent. 
and just end that chapter. I don't, don't, I do not want Black Sabbath to turn into a joke. Uh, and I mean that very deeply. Um, but from reports, I see uh, Bill Ward probably won't be coming back. Um, damn, I was, it's their final album, their final tour. Really hope they could settle their differences and uh, bring him back. But uh, yeah, if they can't, that's their problem, I guess. Um, oh, did you hear me drop my clipboard? Because I did. Uh, but yeah, if they can't... Oh, shit. Yeah, I completely dropped my clipboard. Sorry. If they can't work out their differences, that's such a shame. Because they started together, they should finish together. And, uh, yeah, uh, on other news, on other news, the reason why I'm uh, up so late recording the episode that I'm recording now is because of a uh, little thing on TV happened tonight that I thought was historic. Family Guy crossed over with The Simpsons. 8.30 on Tuesday night with, uh... On seven, mate. Uh, funny because the Simpsons are on ten, and yeah, but uh, it was a Family Guy episode that uh, seven got it and not ten. It was epic, <laughs> to say the least. It resulted in Peter and Homer being in an epic chicken fight. Uh, if you don't know what the chicken fight is, uh, YouTube it. Peter versus the chicken. Uh, <laughs> um, it results in Peter finding a giant chicken and having the shit kicked out of him and kicking the cunt out of a giant chicken. But that being said, uh, the giant chicken in this instant was replaced by the one and only Homer Simpson. Uh, Homer Simpson was, uh, being the shit out of out of uh peter and at one stage they turned to radioactive hulk like creatures and beat the shit out of each other it was fucking awesome it was probably one of the best cartoon crossovers of all time if you can i highly recommend seeing it you poor fucking bastard for missing it in the first place but uh yeah it's very well worth it but right now we have the band of the week uh, the band of the week right now is uh, this week, sorry, and which means that they're going in the running for the band of the year. But the band of the week this week is from Adelaide. They uh, formed in 2011, and uh, well, they have various influences. They're a, uh, I think they're a trio. Yeah, they're a trio. And uh, they're thrash fucking metal. Uh, the band of the week goes to this week to a band from Adelaide called Hidden Intent. Uh, if you want to check them out, go to facebook.com forward slash hidden intent or one word. Um, or go to hiddenintent.bandcamp.com to check out their music. Uh, they have a uh film clip for their song 
Walking Through Hell. Uh, uh, Hidden Intent are a three-piece band from Melbourne, South Australia. Formed by bassist and vocalist Chris McEwen. Uh, Abysmal Troops of Doom. Obsidian Aspect. Uh, and lead guitarist Phil Bennett. Death Eagle, uh, Metallica Black Album Tribute, Iron Maiden Tribute in early 2011. After a brief encounter with a drama and a long search for a replacement, Jay Rahaley, Blood Mason and Treachery uh, was recruited to complete the lineup. A uh, hidden intense sound is the throwback to the old school days of thrash metal, i.e. Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Coroner, Annihilator, Artillery, uh, Sepultura, and so on. Sorry, I'm. Uh, this isn't part of their bio, but I'm. Sl- well, I I have a tough time reading. It's not that I don't know the words. I know all the words. It's just I hate reading. <laughs> I uh, either do it slowly or I don't do it at all. I think I might actually need glasses because eventually it starts hurting. Uh, punters often describe Hidden Intense live shows as good time thrush, energetic, amusing crowd interactions, and a reminiscence of Testament, Sac- Sacred Reich, and Slayer. Yeah, but uh, I highly recommend checking them out. They look good. They sound good. They are good hidden intent they will be in the running for the band of the year which uh voting starts in december everybody that's ever won band of the week so who has it been uh hidden intent obviously uh founder roadlock and won it last week carbon black won it a few weeks ago uh yeah i'll check out all the bands that have won the band of the week competition the murdering obviously uh, if they're broken up between winning it and now, they won't be in the running for the band of the year, obviously. But, which leaves out deprivation. They won it at the end of last season, and they were the band of the season. But, uh, yeah, later on the show, actually, next segment, I will talk about uh, what the band of the year wins. Um, yeah, so stick around. <laughs> Sorry for rambling on a little bit in segment one. Uh, for some reason, I'm feeling a little bit frazzled doing this show. You'll think it would come naturally after this many episodes, but uh, it is a little bit uh, daunting today. I've had a bad day as far as speech goes. And um, yeah, I'm very tired. My legs hurt. And yeah, because it was my kid-free day, so we got everything done today. <laughs> Pretty much, so uh, yeah, I'm tired. Sorry, once again, I'm not going to say anything against it. It's my bad. And yeah, but anyway, the show must go on. Uh, let's continue with uh, something. Yeah, what are we going to continue? Uh, uh, I said in segment one, uh, I'm going to tell you what the band of the year wins. Uh, I... If you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown, uh, you would know I sent out a picture on Facebook of uh, the first look at what the band of the year uh, award looks like. Um, it had a sneak 
peak of next year's logo in the background because I'm going to change it every year on January 1st. New logo will drop. And uh, and I also add a sneak peek of what the initial look like of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast Band of the Year award looks like. It is a crystal skull. Not really. It is uh, a glass skull bottle. Not crystal skull vodka. I might add, it is an independently made uh, glass bottle with a cork in the top. Now, on its forehead, I will have engraved the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. On the back of its head, I'm going to have engraved Band of the Year and whoever wins it. The Band of the Year voting will go out live on our Facebook page, uh, Full Metal Lockdown forward slash... Uh, sorry, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown. It will have every single band that has won the band of the week uh, listed, and you vote for your favorite band to win the uh, Band of the Year award. I will then inbox the Band of the Year and get their address and send them uh, the crystal bottle with a uh, filled with liquid of some kind. I'm not sure what yet. Uh, but yeah, that's the Band of the Year Award. Go to our Facebook page, check out the pictures, and you'll find it. It's like the last picture I posted, I'm pretty sure. But it's it looks fairly cool. Like, I, I don't mind it at all. But I bought a fair few of them, so this will be the award for the next few years, I'm thinking. Uh, same design for the next three or four years. I can't remember the exact amount that I bought at the moment. Uh, they're upstairs with my wife, and I'm down in my man cave, uh, as always, recording the show. But uh, as I said in the intro a bit earlier, I, I uh, woke up to a song this morning. If you follow me on Twitter, at Tom underscore Roberts 1989, you would know that I woke up to a song called In The Air Tonight. Uh if you know music, you know that that song is by Phil Collins, or is it by... Jen? No, it's by Phil Collins, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, will you, please? Go to facebook.com forward slash full matter lockdown or at Tom underscore Roberts on the Twitter. Or email me at fullmetalockdown at gmail.com. And let me know if I'm wrong about that. But I listened to the non-point version, the heavier version of the song. Uh, it's good. That's, like, not an understatement. It's good. It's a very solid song. They didn't try and change it too much. Uh, it's not exactly new. It's been around for a while. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was on Miami. The remake of Miami Vice with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that abortion of a film. Um, yeah, sorry. I fucking hated that film. But anyway, uh, yeah. So if that's what I woke up to this morning. Usually I wake up to The Pot by Tool. It's my alarm. Or Five Minutes Alone by Pantera. Uh, that's awesome. alarm. Or The Amerto by Lemma God. Um... But that's that doesn't really wake me up. It freaks me out because it it's the uh talking at the start of a murder. Uh how's it go? Um 
Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I I can usually quote that line word for word, but I'm on the spot at the moment. Um, yeah. So, what do you wake up to every morning? Like, like I said, I wake up to various songs. But what do you wake up to? Like, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Tom underscore Roberts nineteen eighty nine on Twitter or. Facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown on Facebook. And tell me what you wake up to. Let's start a conversation. I really want to. And, uh, yeah, the first person to start a conversation with me about this subject, I will call and I'll have you on the show. Uh, probably next week or the week after. I don't know. Because uh, at the moment, I'm, uh, I've decided... To keep my future guest a bit of a secret, a bit closer to my chest. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I also want to point out that uh, Full Metal Lockdown, at least the podcast, I offer free advertising to any Australian metal band or any Australian metal show within reason. Uh, Soundwave, you have to pay. Uh, but... Like, uh, Metal Fiesta, you, I know the organisers of that. I don't know money's tight for a place like that. So, uh, you hit me up, you give me a song of what you want. Yeah, uh, you email it to fullmetallockdown at gmail.com and subject line, uh, free advertising. Uh, you give me all the information you want in your ad. Plus a song, and I'll make a 30-second ad, which can play on radio. You can have that ad. You get that free of charge. I make it free of charge for you. You approve it. If you want something different, it's the same. Don't feel obligated because it's free. It's the same way if it was being paid for. You, you are, If you don't like it, send it back and ask me to tweak things. Don't send it back and say, I don't like it. And leave it at that. Send it back and say, I don't like the way you pronounce this line. Or I don't like the way you said that. Or I don't like this. I don't like what part of the song you used. All this. And I can't really hear you here. Constructive criticism. What you want changed. And you can keep the ad for life. Advertise your band on uh, any radio station around the world. Advertise your uh show on any radio station around australia i shouldn't say around the world because not everybody speaks english it's english not australian and definitely not fucking american um sorry i heard a kid the other day say speak american uh do we're in australia first of all and second of all it's called english dickhead but anyway um so, yeah, hit me up on the email and I'll send you, I'll make an ad for you and you can advertise for free for a few weeks. I I think it's two-week period on Full Metal Lockdown. You know, in between the uh, the segments when I do my little segment breaks, that will be replaced by your ad. And I'll add a bit of length to the podcast, but fuck it. 
It's helping out the Australian metal industry. Speaking of the Australian metal industry and helping it out, the uh, two most hardworking, actually, two of the three of the most hardworking men in this industry have been on my podcast. That is Dave Haley of Psychroptic Ruins, Blood Duster, The Amenta, and pretty much everything else that has a drum kit. And uh, Matt Young of King Parrot. Uh, one of the hardest working metalheads I've ever had the privilege of knowing. And my guest, uh, doing his second interview today, uh, Dan McDougall of the infamous Frankenbach. Um, and today we talk about uh, his relationship with deprivation, uh, working with his brother again, and a few other things, his tattoos, uh, what they mean to him, and, uh, yeah, we talk about a few different things, so, uh, yeah, what do you say we, uh, kick off the interview? Alrighty, uh, we're here for the second week, second part, whatever you want to call it, with, uh, Dan McDougall, Frankenbach. Last week was a pretty epic interview, uh, we talked about the history of Frank Box, the future, what Open HD was, uh, a bit about the future of Fanicum Records and stuff like that. Uh, how are you, uh, Dan? I'm wonderful, mate. <laughs> wonderful. It's a beautiful day here. Beautiful. Uh, very good. It's uh, I live on the uh, south coast of New South Wales now. I used to live in Irish nice. New South Wales, but I moved. Uh, and it's quite a beautiful mate. day here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hello to all the people, the awesome people from Orange. <laughs> uh, just give a shout out to the to uh, Ben, Ben and Jake Weber, if they're listening. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, 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 murdering is their new band because Depp broke up. I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, we played a lot of shows with those boys and. Uh, you know, they're one of them bands for us that just we get along like a fucking house on fire. And yeah. going away on going away together, we always had a ball, always, <laughs> and usually ended up a pretty fucking disastrous. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, always good times, man. Every every one of the dudes who sort of come through that band and, and been a part of it, um, yeah, you know, we always had a great time. For sure, and yeah, it's a bit sad, but but that the show goes on, and they've got the murdering happening now, and it's good to see old Jakey back behind the guitar and actually playing the band. Yeah, um, uh, he moved down. To, he moved down to Melbourne for a bit, and I used to see him a bit down there. <laughs> we were actually talking about trying to get something happening a while back, but it never really panned out. And but for him to be now playing in the band again. For me, he's fucking great because he's a very talented dude. Yeah. And, you know, I always love it when people are able to utilize their talent the way they want, you know, and, yeah, it's great. So it might just be me, but whenever the Weber brothers do work together, to me, it's just pure fucking gold. Well, you know, there's a lot of brother bands in metal, dude. Yeah. And I used to love a lot of brother bands and how I played one myself, like... Me and my brother, we we get we jowl on a whole different level, you know. And playing with him again, like I said last week, has been fucking great. Like he's playing drums, and he can play drums like a motherfucker. He's <laughs> he's born to play those things, man. And so, 
um, you know, getting to play guitar with him on drums is fucking great, you know. Um, and we just connect. We've we've done a few. We actually did a couple of recorded a couple of songs way back when. It was actually actually a uh, demo that I sort of did that the Bach Boys heard and it kind of sealed the deal. That's why they they were keen to get me to work with them. Which I sort of found out later. And um, yeah, you know, it was just me and him. I was doing vocals and playing guitar, and he was playing bass and doing the drum parts. And uh, we had a ball doing that, you know. So it's real good for us to be playing again. And you know, I love playing guitar with Azza. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's fucking great, great to play guitar with. And just his style, I've always loved his style. He's got a really, he's really deep rooted in the blues, blues style, which I fucking love in rock and roll and and metal. Yeah, you know, I think they go well, no matter how fucking distorted and brutal it is. It sounds killer. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's just actually in there right now, um, you know, laying down some, some guitars for the demos we're doing, and we're just doing a solo for the first single that'll be coming out real soon, actually. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's real. As we were saying last week, it's pretty CC from Poison, which <laughs> I have no <laughs> fucking problems with whatsoever. It's sleazy, and it's fucking, and it's a real fucking solo, you know? Oh. Um, to me, it's, it's something that I love. I've always loved your music, and I have, I'm not a fucking ashamed to say it. And you know, so be it. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is my favorite question that I've ever come up with. Uh, and I rarely ever, if not ever, like I never hear asked. Or if I do, it's very, very rarely. But uh, what music did your parents listen to? Uh, did you uh, listen to it, and do you still listen to it? Oh fuck yes, and <laughs> yes, I still do. Yeah, uh, man. Look, my mum, my mum and dad were um, not not uh, by any means musical uh, in terms of being able to play music or anything like that. And they the stuff that they were. I mean, again, you know, being growing up in the in Australia in the sixties and seventies and that. There's that was basically at the beginning of the explosion of pop music and all the rest of it. And, you know, the stuff that they were listening to by purely by uh, the time they were around is pure gold. <laughs> it's like, that's the, that's our heritage right there, man. That's where it all fucking started. Nothing that we do or play has not been influenced by that music. And I, I, I love my mum and dad's music. Um, yeah, I still listen to a lot of it. Today, I still go to gigs with my mum, dad, and watch bands. Tony, I love Little River Band. I think they're a fucking phenomenal band. Um, just the, the greatest vocal harmonies on the planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned. And when I got to see them play live, fuck, dude, I've never heard a band sound so amazing. And those vocal harmonies were just perfect. You know, that, that shit, I love it. I know every song off my heart, and it's funny when me and my brother go because we'll be the only metalheads there. And <laughs> we we know every word to every song, and it freaks out all these fucking, you know, 50, 55 to 60, 70-year-old people. Like, what the fuck's going on? But, <laughs> dude, don't, don't give a shit. Same with John Farnham, man. I grew up with, my mom was obsessed with John Farnham, and, and therefore so was I. It's fucking, it was on all the time. And the dude is the best vocalist on, on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. That's uh, that's an, that's that's a bias, but it's also pretty damn objective, man. The guy can fucking destroy anyone. Case in point, listen to John Farnham if you can find it out there. 
doing Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. If you can find that, check that shit out. Well, shit. You know, the guy can wail. The guy yeah. can wail, man. And, um, you yeah, know, so, yes, to answer your question, I love it and still do. My dad listens to some pretty weird shit, but <laughs> but not all of it, you know. And the Aussie stuff, man, the Aussie stuff from back then is just brilliant. Just brilliant. Completely original stuff. It was, you know, that's the beauty of Australia. And so we are isolated and have been for a long time. And when you're isolation, just that's how you breed different forms of things, you know. It's the same with any kind of evolution. If it's, you know, it, it creates its own character and flavor. Um, and that's what I love about Aussie music. You know, but it's a struggle getting um, people from overseas to really take interest in it. And I think a lot of that, is, is cultural and is imbibed in the music. It's something that we as Australians get because we understand the nuances and the culture. Yeah. We've grown up with it, so we're used to it, but other people, they don't experience it like we do, so they don't have the same, it doesn't have the same effect on them. And, um, you know, that's, you know, I think that's a lot of the reason why, you know, Australia finds it so difficult to, to be seen as as having good quality stuff, I think it is really good quality. The stuff we produce, the movies, and, and all the stuff that we do, I think, comes from a real genuine place. A lot of it, and it's just something that yeah, it doesn't resonate all that greatly with people overseas. Yeah. You know, and the bands that bands in the movies and stuff that do succeed generally tend to not obey those sort of the the, the you know they they just tend to. Sorry, they tend to obey more of the rules of, you know, what other people are doing, not so much what we here in Australia are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. There are, there are, the next question, have you ever noticed a difference, uh, speaking of, like, uh, other people and stuff, but uh, a difference between the crowd state to state in Australia? Like, uh, are the crowds different in New South Wales as they would be in Victoria or Queensland? You, uh, what, what do you mean, like, in terms of uh, attendance or in terms of the types of people that show up to gigs or is well, that what you get? getting at? Well, both, like, kind of. Uh, the attendance, are there more people in Victoria as compared to New South Wales? Are the crowds rowdier in Victoria than New South Wales? Are they... Oh, man, it's... In certain areas? Yeah, oh, look. Um, nah, it's all it's all pretty much the same, man. It's, it's it, it pretty much obeys the same rules wherever you go. It's it's up to... Especially for, for bands that are, I guess, not in and guaranteed crowds, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for... for um, uh, yeah, for bands like us, it's we you got to hope for the best. It's circumstances a lot of the time. You know, the other gig that's going to clash with your show—that's a big problem in Melbourne. Is that uh, there's so many places to play and so many bands that it's very difficult to organise a night that doesn't conflict with something else. Yeah. You know, uh, and something big. You know, so you're separating your crowds a lot. That's it's a real unfortunate thing to a good situation because we've got it so well here, you know, and we are pretty spoiled for choice of venues and bands. And that can, that can have a negative effect because people are, you know, they're, they're less likely to go out, man, you know, or, or you're less likely to get decent crowds because of that. 
But, yeah. um, you know, and, and look, Sydney's always been a struggle for us. I think Sydney's, man, it's for the size of the place and how, you know, the population, all the rest of it, the metal scene or the, 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 the venues per se, not so much the metal scene, but the venues is very limited options there, you know. I think it's starting to get a little better, but it's always been a bit of a struggle. Ever since I've been in Frankenbach, Adelaide's been a real struggle. Um, they have some ripper shows there, and, and Jace uh, from True Crowder putting on the new Dead Fest, which is fucking awesome. And, you know, we love that kind of stuff's great, but, yeah, we've we've had a lot of dud shows there. Um, you know, um, look, the regional stuff's where I really enjoy it. Um, I love the – primarily because the people that come to the shows are genuine fans. A lot of time in the cities – People just go to shows to go to shows, you know. They go to hang out and they go to network and they go to talk to their mates. They, there's a lot of that that goes on with shows in the city for, you know, the underground. And when you go to the regional areas, that's where you get the hardcore fans and that's where you get people that are really genuinely there to see your band and and you get to talk to these people and, and you know, that's the, the, when you talk to people like that, that's the stuff that that makes it all worthwhile. That's that, that's those connections with people. That's what drives us to get back in that room the next time we get back and, and want to do it all over again. And You know, um, that's what I love about it. And that's what I love about going out in Australia. Uh, it's not easy. It's fucking hard, you know. There's not a lot of money in it. But for me, the rewards are far greater, you know, than monetary. But that being said, it's, you know, it's real hard to make a band work and we've been pretty, pretty lax in the way we sort of, you know, gone about getting money for shows and stuff. We had a few things that worked in our advantage in the past that don't, aren't there anymore. And one of them was my business that basically was the engine room for the band and allowed us to do a lot of touring on the sheet. Um, but I don't have that anymore, you know, so that's made things a little harder for us. So we, unfortunately, for the time being anyway, I have to be very particular about the shows that we do now, especially interstate. You know, it's costs a lot of money to get a band there and back, and that's yeah. just getting there and back. That's not even without getting paid yeah. to work, you know. And uh, it's you know, that's that's something that um yeah, we just have to tighten our belts on, you know, and and um just really sort of pick and choose now what we do. And but and that being said, the the reward being that the shows that we do do are going to be a lot, a lot more worth people going to see. You know, yeah. um, we're going to put a lot more effort into our live show and stuff in the in the future. And when we come back out from, you know, sort of being, we haven't done a great deal in the last sort of nine months. We've done a few shows here and there, but you know, we're we're definitely uh, on fire due to the fact that we're in that room a lot and playing a lot and really honing in on the on this new material that's getting people a lot tighter and stuff. So. You know, we hope when we come out that, you know, people see a definite improvement in the band, hopefully. But anyway. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I brought this up uh, in my interview a couple of weeks ago with uh, Chris Borchenko from Vanishing Point. Uh, what do you think of mosh pits these days? Uh, Greg Troll calls uh, kids in mosh pits these days pit ninjas, the guys that just go in there, throw their fists and their feet around for no reason at all and don't give a shit about anybody else in the pit. 
What do you think of pits these days? Do kids need to like pull their fucking head in? <laughs> or nah? um, dude, kids are kids, mate, and they're gonna do whatever the fuck they want. And I find, I just find it. I find some of the the the, the new fashions and shit to come in pretty funny. And you know, but that's, that's look. It's gonna get to a point when the guys that are doing this stupid shit are gonna get to my age, and then the kids un- that are now in their tw- in their twenties when they're thirty five are just gonna be doing something even more ridiculous. So that being said, I don't like the selfishness of it. I think that's always been a great element to to metal, and the fact that mosh pits are an incredibly violent place to be sometimes. But there's there's this thing that sort of happens that makes it not dangerous. It's yeah, you know, and that's people's attitude towards each other in this, in these, those situations. Even within you know the wall of death and stuff like that, it's it looks more brutal than it is because the people involved are not there to intentionally hurt other people. Yeah. And so when you get you know dudes doing fly kicks and shit, I mean there is this certain disregard for people. I mean, come on. Like, if somebody got up on top of the crowd and started kicking around and shit and kicking people in the head just because they felt the need to do that to the music, I mean, that, that to me I find pretty bad. And, you know, oh, yeah, I would say pull your fucking head in. You know, I think it's... But, look, for us, you know, what's a fucking mosh pit, mate? Like, we very rarely perform in front, in front of one of them these days. Yeah. A lot of the people that come to our shows don't do the mosh pit anymore, man. You know, and you get you get over that. I don't do it either. I'm, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I would every now and again, you know, get on it and get in the pit. Some bands just can't help it. Dreadnought, the one that I used to always lose my fucking shit to. I love watching that band play live. Always have, and you know, they, I lost a tooth in a fucking dreadnought mosh pit <laughs> a few years back. So, but you know, these days I don't really go in for that kind of business. I'm more watching the band and you know, just soaking up the atmosphere a lot more now. You know, I don't go to gigs to get hammered anymore. I, I go and I enjoy the bands that play and, and talk and just talking to people, man. Yeah, you know, that's that's you know, half the, the fun of, of the metal scene is just the networking and meeting new people because. Everyone out there is fucking hungry, man, and everyone out there is doing cool shit. And when you meet people that, yeah, you know, who want nothing more than other people to to succeed at the same thing, you know, they're not they're not selfish. They're fucking happy to to impart their knowledge and to talk about things, man. How you how things grow and evolve, and you know, I've, I've the last few months have been great. I've met heaps of cool people and had some really good convos and. You know, it's gives yeah. me confidence, man. That there's 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 really good people in high places in good bands now, and yeah. and like I was saying last week about you know just a bit more collaboration between some of the some bands to really sort of start pushing the scene overseas, and you know taking some young bands with us, man. You know, there's so many fucking good young bands coming out now, just awesome. And the, for me, the sad part for them is, man, climbing to to get to say. I don't know, even where Frankenbock is, man, look, which isn't that fucking high up. We're, but in terms of, you know, uh, for them trying to get to be headliners on gigs, you know, that's it's so hard for, for young bands to climb to that ladder these days. There's so yeah. many other good bands out there. But, you know, um, I, I, I always, always love the scene and always want to support it and, and help those bands out, you know, and, we we definitely keep our ear to the ground and 
look for bands that we go out and play with and the, the ones, you know, that are just killing it on stage, but not just that, man, that are, that are killer dudes and, and have their head screwed on properly, you know? Yeah. That's half the battle, man. You know, if you, you can play like a motherfucker, but if you're, if you're socially uh, retarded, you know, <laughs> or, or just, you know, just, just don't get the, the, the discipline required, you know, which within all the mayhem and all the bullshit and the party and there's so much discipline that's required yeah. of bands to, to get up and go do it on a nightly basis, man, you know, um, that's, you know, we look for that in, in young bands that we, we play with and, and the ones that are, that we, we, you know, that we see good stuff in, we help out as much as we can. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, I think that's what's required, man. I think a lot of people do that. I'm not saying that people don't. It's just, you know, the more the more collaboration can't fucking hurt, man, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, with Thy Art is Murder and Psychroptic, it's like Psychroptic essentially took them under their wings, so to speak. Like, uh, Psychroptic is supporting Thy Art is Murder on the current tour. Like, uh, so Coptic, one of the biggest metal bands to come out of Australia in a very long time. And they are just metal on their way up and not stopping for anybody. And so Coptic just went, okay, well, they're huge at the moment. Let's tour with them. We like their music. We're friends with the band. Let's make them the headliners. Kind of thing. They're supporting them really well. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, you got to call a spade a spade and. Dave knows that. Yeah. He's one of the smartest dudes I know in, in, in so many things, but predominantly the way he conducts business with, with Psychroptic and everything, it's everything they do is fucking A-grade, man. And you know, I cannot speak highly enough of that band. Yeah. They are phenomenal. And as far as I'm concerned, I think they're one of the best death metal bands on the planet. And, you know, that's a conversation for everyone to have an argument about, but that's my opinion. <laughs> you know, I just love what they do. I think it's fucking spot on and uh, what they've created, in, especially in a sea of so much death metal these days and extreme music. And, uh, you know, it's for me, it's lost all of its appeal that it had when I was a kid. I don't really listen to that music anymore. Yeah. But I listen to fucking Psychropic, man, because <laughs> they've just taken taken it to a whole new level and the... The groove element that they they put into the to the music now is just second to none. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm a massive fanboy, dude. I love that band. Yeah. Last time I saw them play was at Brutality, and fuck me, dude. I just couldn't believe how tight they were, how amazing it sounded, and how on it they all are. And Pepo on the vocals, my god, he's just fucking he's yeah <laughs> ruthless now. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Nothing but praise for those dudes, and I can't wait to hear their new record. It's yeah. fucking coming real soon, and I am keen as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Psychroptic, uh, Metal Down Under, because Dave was yep. on that DVD, and uh, Jason from Blood Dust, one of Dave's other bands, one of the most iconic Australian metal bands of all time, described Psychroptic as a typewriter falling down the stairs. <laughs> I'm not yep. actually sure if he was serious, but uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, uh, when uh, did you get contacted to do Metal Down Under? Uh, I was contacted relatively early, and it, um, yeah, Nick got in contact with me just when he when he started sending out, I think, blanket emails to to a lot of people, and um, not only explaining what he's trying to do, but he's looking for people to maybe back him up a little bit and. I had my merch business at the time and 
you know, I've been waiting for somebody to come along to do one of these, and a few people have tried, and and um, I think it's an incredibly uh, difficult project to, to undertake. But when I read what you know what Nick had sent me, I was like, wow, man, this this guy's. I reckon he's going to pull this off. I think he's going about this the right way, and he, you know, and the, so I said, look, dude, I'm I'm keen as hell to help you out with this, and if you want to, I'll donate some merch for you to sell so you can raise some money for it, blah, blah, um, You know, and the months went on and, you know, I could see that he was making great progress and obviously I put my head in the ring for Frankenbach, man. I said, look, you know, if you want to interview us, by all means. But he essentially already, you know, decided he was going to do that anyway. And first thing he did was come and film our set. We did uh, our city launch at the Hi-Fi Bar and they come and had uh, brought the film crew to that. And then... um. Yeah, I mean, as I did an interview for it and stuff, and, you know, um, seeing the end product was awesome. Yeah. Awesome for me um, for just being able to watch, I guess, the last, you know, everything I've done in music and what I've been a part of in the Australian scene all there in front of me and um, just brought back a lot of great memories, man, you know, back when I was younger and, Going to medal for the brain every year. That was a fucking pilgrimage, man. We went well, after I went to my first one. There was <laughs> I went to every single one after that, and I went to about six, I think, in the end. And it was the best fucking weekend of the year, man. You know, we had a ball. Did you and, ever get to play you know, any medal for the brains? Or you joined uh, the band in '07, didn't you? Uh, no, yeah, I didn't. Not in Frankenbach, no. But oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't play there. I may have. That's really bad that I don't remember that. But um, that's kind of the way it was back then, you know. And, yeah. and um, dude, you know, oh, so many good memories from from that time. And and um, it's a real shame that it that it got too big and just couldn't wasn't manageable anymore. It it, it was just a, a place everybody met up, and you know, the, you'd hook up with everyone from Melbourne who'd come come up, but then all these other interstate bands, bands you hadn't seen in ages that you'd do, done shows with or toured with or whatever, man, and just the cream of the crop of metal metal bands and metal people were all there, you know. Yeah. And um, I had a real special vibe about it, dude. And it's a shame that it's not around anymore, but, you know, shit yeah. moves on. But it was good to see that, man. I, I love that. And Hot Metal Mag, you know, that, that fucking magazine was my, my window to the outside world. That's how I found out about fucking any band. That's, that was it, you know, it came through there. We had like Metal Edge and other mags, but the Australian mag was, was great because of the, it had so much Australian content in it. Yeah. And, you know, bands like Damaged and Dreadnought and bands like that where I basically saw them as big as as Machine Head and big as Sepulchre and bands like that. Yeah. I, cl I class them as in the same caliber, man, because they were just as fucking good. And just because they come from Australia didn't mean shit. And I never got to see them play. You know, it was when I first got to see Dreadnought play. Fuck. <laughs> you know, that was an awesome, man. And um and dam damaged as well. They played on the same fucking bill at the Hi-Fi Bar and... Um, yeah, dude, it was epic, man. I was like 18 years old and <laughs> uh, able to go to a gig in the city and drink. It was fucking killer. <laughs> That's what I like about Metal Down Under. It didn't just go into the history of the bands. It went into the history of 
or like the utopia. Oh, I'm from New South Wales, so for me it was utopia and metal for the brain. And yep. it went into the yep. shows and the stores and the magazines as well. It didn't just go into the bands; it went into the full history of Australian metal. And like, yeah, I thought it was. It turned out really, really great. What did you think about the uh, way it turned out? Like, was it what you were expecting? Um. Yep, yep, it was. Um, I thought that Nick did a fucking fantastic job with um, with what he had to work with, you know, money and time and, you know, just trying to juggle all this stuff and setting up uh, periods where he had to organise all these people to be available for interviews, um, chasing people down. Look, you know... Um, the, and the end result is, I think, a really good reflection of the Australian metal scene, and that's that's the important part because not everyone's going to be able to be involved, and not not everyone wanted to be either, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. You know, there were certain people that that uh, that Nick did get in contact with in the initial stages, and they didn't they didn't reply, they didn't get back. You know, I think there's a lot of skepticism and cynicism when it comes to shit like this. Yeah. I think that a lot of people go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, I think there's a lot of that in Australian culture and, you know, that's just the way it is. And I think, you know, now that people have seen it, it's come out and it's doing, it's going great. It's like, oh, well, you know, why isn't this and that in there? It's like, well, not only did he not have all the time in the world to get to everybody, but not everybody that, especially some of the people, the people who are going, why aren't they in there? It's because they didn't want to be, Yeah. you know, exactly. but. At the end of the day, man, it's for me. I looked at it and went, "Well, that's a pretty fucking good uh, advertisement for the Australian metal scene." And I hope that it gets picked up overseas and people are, are um, you know, uh, getting get interested in it. Yeah. I'm uh, actually actually going over to the House Call Horror Film Festival in in a month's time oh, really? to go uh, do a few things. Yeah, man. Um, I went last year and it was fucking epic. And this year, I'm uh, yeah, fair and more of an official in an official capacity. I'm I'm actually going to be there trying to do some promotion of my own, not just Frankenbach, but for uh, other bands as well. Um, and uh, also, I've talked to Nick, and I'm going to get a bunch of copies of the DVD and take it over there, and just uh, you know, whoever I meet, that's that's you know. I think it will benefit from it, or I'd, or I'd love to see it. I met a lot of great people last year, so this year I've kind of got a little bit more of an advantage. And you know, that's that's what I want to do. I'm um, I'm keen as to get out there and start promoting fucking Australian metal. Yeah, you know, I love it. I'm fucking, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't give a fuck. I've given my life to this shit, yeah. <laughs> and so you know, I'm still I'm still cranking. I'm fucking. I'm by no means dead in the dirt. I'm just getting a second wind, basically, and fucking let's go. Well, like, I, I applaud you for that. Not only that, like, um, yeah, I get what you mean by uh, I by giving everything to the Australian metal scene. I think it's one of the best scenes in the world. The people in this scene are just so fucking dedicated to what they're doing and who else is in the scene. Like, King Parrot, like, what was it like five years ago? They weren't even here, or like whatever it was. They formed in like late two thousands, I think. Anyway, um, they weren't really around. Then all of a sudden, boom, they're spotting down at the House of Horror, 
or whatever it's called. Yep. Yeah, and like uh, they're they're going overseas, spawning down on tours, spawning Origin on tours, Orange Goblin on tours. Uh, they're over here just killing the scene over here, and yeah, and yeah, uh, all because of the support that the Australian scene gave them in a way, if you know what I mean. Yep. Totally, man. Um, you know, uh, like we were discussing, uh, you know, no, actually we were, uh, we were we were discussing this off air, but you know, for me, King Parrot is uh, s- such a, it's so good, it's so good that all of these dudes who um, have been involved in the scene in Australia for a long time, man, these guys are veterans that played in bands for years, and for them to now be at the, at the age they are out there kicking it in the ass like they are to me is is a awesome victory and no one deserves it more than them cunts seriously and it's it's it, to me it's a, a very positive thing man it shows that it's still possible yeah. it shows that doesn't matter how fucking old you are man if you want it and you're good <laughs> you'll get there you know you just got to have perseverance man never fucking give up yeah never give up and that's what i love about them and you know, and and what Matt Young's done—he's a fucking master. He's a genius, yeah. and uh, you know, and couldn't couldn't think of a better fucking ambassador. Could not think of a better guy. There's <laughs> not many people realise so, that Matt Young is the wheels behind that band. He did everything uh, for that band. You go to one of their show, yeah. one of their shows. The guy behind their merch table is Matt Young, and that he puts that's a right, sign up saying, "I'll be back after the set." He gets up there, does the set, and then goes behind the merch table for another two hours. It's insane. Yep. But he yeah, works his that, ass off. <laughs> that right there is an example of what you can do when you channel your weaknesses into strengths. Yeah. Now, we discussed this last week and in terms of, you know, where how far Matt Young's come. And, and, and to me, it was also, he was a massive inspiration on me. Yeah. And and uh, you know I look up to him immensely, and uh, but that's that's what it fucking takes, man. You yeah. know, if you really want it, you gotta you gotta sort your shit out. And and um yeah, I just for that for 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 the success that they're having, I'm I'm just yeah I'm wrapped I'm wrapped for them and wrapped for everybody, man. It's it's good for everyone. Yeah. Uh Right now, I wanted to discuss something. Uh, I have quite a few of these, and I, I quite like it when I, I see really good ones on other people. But uh, your tattoos, uh, can you describe them to everybody? Because this is an audio podcast, obviously. No one can see them, but can you describe your tattoos to everybody? If you if people uh, haven't seen them. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, <laughs> where do I start? Um, well, I've got yeah, I've got a massive Frankenbach logo tattooed down my left arm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I kind of did that to sort of show the band when I first joined that I was serious. Saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I went and got that fucking tattoo down my arm. Uh, you know, uh, do I regret it? Maybe, possibly, not really. I know, I'm the same with all my tattoos. They're just symbols of past thinking past ways of doing things, you know. Uh, the four faces that I've got on my body are dudes that that have uh, heavily influenced my perceptions of the world and um, helped me shape, yeah, the way I think. Yeah. And, 
yeah, the, you know, they made a big impact on me when I was young, and, and to this day, they they still command uh, a lot of respect in my book because nothing uh, nothing's changed. They're still they're still 100% accurate in everything that they sort of said and, and understood and know about the world. And uh, so, guy on my um, uh, left side, on my left shoulder, is, is a guy called Henry Reynolds. He's a professor of Australian history and uh still alive and yeah he had a massive uh impact on a lot of things and people don't realize this but uh he studies australian history but he writes books about it too but not <laughs> not the history that everybody generally knows and understands he's looked a lot deeper into it and it's an awesome history it's not a great one it's not spectacular by any means it's pretty stock standard in terms of the times and all the rest of it but it's pretty horrible and a lot of people don't really know that and yeah he opened my eyes to a lot of how things sort of work and operate within australia and uh you know i I grew up in an area where there was an aboriginal community uh, a, a mission just outside of lakes entrance and i grew up with a lot of aboriginal people and it was a very tumultuous situation. Um, there were a lot of things that happened in my youth, especially re- revolving around conflicts between me and uh, Aboriginal kids and stuff, and um, a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration born out of ignorance and not understanding things. That's what racism is, and... Uh, you know, when when it finally I was a teenager and was exposed to other ways of thinking, uh, my attitudes changed and I started to understand things a little better. And to have a lot more understanding means a lot more respect for people's different situations and upbringings and outcomings due to who they are, who, where they were born, fucking you know what religion, uh, you know location, just. There's so many different variables, you know. And so, you know, that, and the other side on my other arm is Malcolm X, who was another guy that sort of enlightened me a lot about uh, racism in America and and similar to here. And But I, I admire that guy for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't know if many people out there who listen to the Frank and Bach and uh, uh, know or want to know who he is. Like, the guy was a... Um, what you would probably classify these days as a Muslim extremist. Yeah. He was uh, he was part of the Nation of Islam, which was the first real massive movement of bringing Islam, the true religion of the black man, to America. He he went from uh, small congregations of 12, 13 people who barely pay him any attention to commanding halls of people <laughs> within a few years. And became an incredibly dangerous individual, and was ex- was was uh, uh, assassinated because of that, um, not by his enemies, but by the own pe- the people that actually uh, yeah, he used to be a part of. Um, there's so many different sort of parables and fables within his autobiography that I read that you know that can relate to different situations, and I don't respect. Uh, well, look, you know, I. I don't believe in uh, any kind of religion. I think they're all hideous. So, you know, that's not what draws me to guys like that. There are other parts to people and just those sorts of things. Anyway, and to just to round it off, the two dudes on my chest, on my uh, left breast, is um, uh, George Orwell, 
Oh, sorry, he's on my right breast. George Orwell, who wrote the book 1984, amongst other great books, Animal Farm and, and whatnot. And the other guy on the other side is Aldous Huxley, who wrote a book called uh, Brave New World. And both those books, 1984 and Brave New World, still have a massive impact on me. And, you know, they were quite prophetic <laughs> in their interpretations of the future. And these books were written back in the 19, 19, early 1900s, 19, around about you know, 1930, I think, Brave New World was written, and 1945-ish, I think, 1949, that's right. Uh, 1984 was written, and you know, I highly recommend reading them books, especially if you want to kind of, if you're not quite up on what's going on around, and you want to find out a little bit more, I guess, about the framework of how a lot of the things that happen in this world, reasons why, or yeah. their books, I would highly recommend to to get a better understanding. I think if you mould the two together, you can definitely see a picture of. Uh, how people saw the future and you can see yourself in it and it's a little bit scary you know, yeah. to see it. And that's what I've always been interested in that shit. So those guys, yeah, to me, are, yeah, were a massive influence on the way I see things and, and have altered my trajectory in life, you would say. And yeah, um, I'm more than happy to continue advocating people, you know, get interested in them. If people ask me, I always give them an explanation. So yeah. there you go. And now I've got heaps of other stupid ones everywhere, but you know, <laughs> um, we'll be here all night. I love when people get tattoos that uh, have meaning to them. If you know what I mean, like I, like, still, it's okay when people walk into a tattoo parlor and say, "I'll have that one," and just pick it off the wall and go, oh, this patch of skin is clear." But when tattoos mean something, it means a lot more. I think that they're they're awesome if you know what i mean like when they have a story behind them you realize why the person got them right because i've got my yeah. back covered it's the only tattoo i fully regret because it's the only one that doesn't mean anything but it covers me from yeah. hip to hip from neck to ass crack pretty much wow <laughs> 15 hours wow. Sitting in the chair. yeah look you know uh, yeah you I guess, you know, your body at the end of the day is, uh, <laughs> it's all you're going to have from start to finish and, and you're going to, you're going to do all kinds of shit to it, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I, you know, you can have regrets about these things, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I don't regret any of the ones I've got. So I go, hey, I wouldn't have done that if I had my time over again, but you know, what do you do? <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. It's an epic tattoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome, dude. Uh, uh, I want to ask you about Dying Day in Wagga Wagga because I know Frank Abaka played quite a few over, over the recent years. Uh, how many exactly yep. have Frank Abaka played? Is it like around three or four? Uh, yeah, I think we've done three, two, I know for sure, but I'm pretty sure three. Ah, okay. Because I know definitely you played last year and the year before. That's correct. Um, unfortunately, this year we, we've had to sit it out. With, uh, yeah, we've just got a couple of other gigs lined up. Um, kind of can't really say anything about them just yet. I don't think they're 100% locked in. They pretty much are, but for the sake of it. But, um, yeah, so we've got other other plans at the end of the year. Dime bag related, however. So oh, okay. we just unfortunately couldn't 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 do the um, 
couldn't do the dime day longer. It's a tough gig, man. It's fucking hot there <laughs> yeah. in early December. And, you know, last year wasn't too bad. The year before was so brutal. It's probably one of the more intense shows I've ever done. I just, it was shocking. It was so hot. And, um, yeah, <laughs> real hard. So, uh, but, yeah, you know, um, looking forward to doing these other gigs we've got lined up. We're actually, yeah, heading, heading to a few remote places, or more remote for us anyway, to do these ones. So, Okay. Uh, do you think, like, I've had people bring this up to me in the past, not in the show, but just in conversation. I... Uh, I uh, don't think it does as far as like at the moment and compared to when it when it finished. But do you think Dime Day shows any similarities to Metal for the Brain? Uh, not really. Um, I think in terms of it being something that is a good unifying thing, um, yes. But in terms of, <laughs> in terms of, uh, I guess it being, if you're saying what could it take, could it take its place or something like that, then then uh, it would take a very long time for it to get to that level. But um, you know, there's there's a lot of great festivals now. The, the, the kind of the, one of the the advantages of Metal for the Brain at the time was that it was the only really big metal festival in the country, and now there's a lot and a lot of good ones. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of great shit happening. Like I said, you know. I guess each sort of city is getting its own medal for the brain happening. You know, like Brisbane's got um, new, uh, sorry, um, Metal Heart Festival, which we played a couple of times. It's fucking great. Last year was awesome. It was at a great venue. And, yeah, we had a ball. And hope, I'm pretty sure we're going back this year too. And um, Melbourne's sort of got Metal Forge and... Was it Metal Forge? Sonic, Sonic Forge, sorry. Forge. Sonic Forge. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sonic Forge and stuff like that and the big prog shows that are happening now. And, you know, there's some really good shit coming out of Melbourne. Brutality, fucking, uh, that was so good. That was, like, one of the best metal nights in Melbourne in such a long time. Yeah. Place was sold out by 6, 6.30 and, you know, just playing to a pack room with all your mates and everybody there and everyone's going berserk. Fuck, that's the ticket. Yeah. And everyone killing it, man. It was just, I watched... You know, especially Desecrator, fuck me, they're good now, man. They're just killing it live. So good. And, um, you know, Riley was sick as a dog, too. You know, he would not have fucking known he had the flu. He just commanded that state. He was gold. And, and like I said before, Psychoptic as well. Fuck me. And, yeah, it was a ball. So, and, you know, New Dead Fest over in Adelaide, that's that's really good. Um, yeah, we went to Perth and played festival over there not that long ago. Um yeah, Murderfest. So, you know, you know, shit happening. Uh, we played a festival in Alice Springs last year, which is really cool because we haven't been able to go there before. Yeah. And that was off the tits. <laughs> it was fucking, you know, it was pretty late one by the time we got on and everyone had a belly full of piss. And <laughs> this, the uh, PA was fucking, PA was fried. It didn't take long to fry it. The first couple of bands sort of fried it. So it was a goddamn mess on stage and everyone had a fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, some good shit going on, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. It's great to see the metal scene pick up so strongly. If, if that's the right way to describe it, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, like the it's great to see so many alternatives to the gigs in so many different states, if you know what I mean. 
yep. like you were saying. Yep. I can only man. Uh, it's a big place, man. You know, um, it's so fucking frustrating for a metal band from Australia. You know, yeah. so much distance between the between the good shows. It's it's you know, it's why we've got to look look overseas, man, to to broaden our horizons a little bit. And I guess the isolation too. That's why we're so hungry to get overseas. A lot of bands because we we just want to get out there and play our music to different people. You know, it's. Yeah, uh, I guess it's everybody wants that, you know, and but it's not that fucking easy, you know. That's a really hard thing to do, and and um, it's unfortunate that there's not a lot more rewards for bands who just play around here, you know, and just don't ever go overseas. If they just got a little bit more money, just paid a little better, tendencies were better. I think people would be a lot fucking happier, you know. Yeah. If you're pulling 150, 200 every show, and and you're getting a decent, you're getting, you know, a bit of cash in your pocket after a gig. It's not costing you money. Fuck, everyone would be wrapped, mate. But, you know, that's a perfect world. <laughs> but, you know, so, but, hey, you know, we don't do it just for that. If we did, you know, there wouldn't be the tenacity that there is from people in bands. They wouldn't yeah. be as hungry. Because, you know, they all know the score. Everyone's fucking pretty, pretty well known the score. Or they find out pretty soon how hard it is to make a living out of it if that's what you want. It takes a lot of time and a lot of hard work or you just are part of the flavor of the month stuff that happens. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, man. It's just the way it is. And it's, you know, teenage teenage bands and they're always going to have uh, appeal to the most people. They're the ones out there. You know, everyone wants a big piece of the fucking teenager pie, man. <laughs> they're the ones with... In, in, yeah, or impressionable, have the most fucking disposable income and all that sort of shit. You know, yeah. so for us old timers, being thirty five and shit, it's a totally different ball game for us. Yeah. You know, and we're under the, we're under no illusions. You know, <laughs> and we love it. We wouldn't do it if we didn't fucking love it and meet the people that we get to meet. They're just like us, man, and, and we get make good friendships, man. We've made some really good friendships with people wherever we go and you know, and they look after us too, man. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just common sense, yeah. really. Anyway. Alrighty. So, uh, Dan, we're going to have to end the interview there because I pushed it, I think, uh, eight, nine yep. minutes <laughs> time. Uh, Do you have okay. any social media plugs for the band, like Facebook, Twitter, uh, website, store? Yeah, just... Man, look, I think I think the good thing about the way things are now is you don't have to go check out www.frankenbuck.com. You can just type Frankenbuck into Google and there, it's all fucking there. So just, you know, if you're interested in the band, that's the first place to go. It's going to come with our Facebook and yeah. videos and all that shit. But, um, yeah, just type it into Google and, and check us out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to have, start having some new material uh, up real soon. So. Oh. Awesome. Got a new single coming out that'll uh, hopefully be pre- be ready by the end of October, mid-October, and they'll kind of ride us out to the end of the year, and then we're looking to get into the studio properly by around about March, February, March next year, oh, and release yeah. the album around April. That's 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 the tentative plans at this point. So, but we're gonna have a few things. Yeah, probably have a definitely have a video clip done and all that sort of stuff. So, okay. getting back on the trolley. Yeah. So, uh, the last question, just like last week, it's multiple choice, but because 
I'm very lazy and I can't think of another question. B is not an option anymore. Uh, so you either oh, yeah. get to pick A, ask me a question, or C, give me the quote of the week for next week's show. Um, I'm shithouse at quotes. <laughs> I don't want you to quote me on anything. As a matter of fact, you delete this whole interview. Nah. Um, <laughs> I'll have to go with A and ask you a question. Um, uh, yeah, so all right. Um, what, what are you listening to right now? What's... What's blowing your skirt up right now? Oh, uh, Red B, the uh, Ictus Deluxe album. Whenever I'm uh, near a computer, because it's only on a uh, USB, and whenever I'm uh, near a computer, I've always got that going in my headphones. Uh, in the yep. car, it's literally not by smack up your ass, but it's Frankenbach, the end of all you know. That's pretty much it at the moment. I'm uh, waiting on oh, the yeah. to come out, which is the Deprivation EP. But uh, other than that, nothing new at the moment because uh, where I live, yeah. there's no CD store, so you can't get out and get a hold yeah. of the independent music. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. I'm about to sink my teeth on a few records I haven't, haven't gotten around to listening to yet. New I Had God, New Goat Hall just come out, New Orange Goblin about to come out. And yeah, I still got to hear the body count record. I can't wait to hear that. Oh. I love fucking body count when I was a kid, so I can't wait to hear this new album. Apparently, it's fucking killer. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah he's cool shit to listen to. But anyway, anyway, I better I better let you go anyway, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, being on the show, Dan. Um, no worries, brother. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anytime you want to come back, just hit me up and. I've got heaps of questions left. Uh, no worries, I, man. I kind of well, we're actually, we're actually doing a show up near you guys pretty soon. We're playing in Newcastle um, on the 31st of October, so Halloween. Uh, yeah, with Zombomino, who are another one of those bands we're talking about who we get along real fucking well with and a killer band. They fucking destroy. So, yeah, look, really looking forward to that. So if anyone's around the area in Newcastle, yeah. October 31st. October we'll be out 31st. there again. and Sweet. I'll uh, yep. make sure I advertise that on the podcast and stuff like that. And yeah. Get you out awesome, there. dude. Thanks, man. Alrighty. Thanks for being on the show, dude. No worries, man. Not a problem. Please hang up and try again. So that was my interview with the one and only Dan McDougall of Frank Bock, my second interview with him. Uh, yeah, uh, it was great. Like I said to him during the interview, he's welcome back anytime he wants to be on this show. And we are going over time. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get through this last segment as quick as I can. Uh, if you want someone to be a guest on the show, or if you want to be the band of the week, if you want your band to be band of the week, this is how you go about it. Uh, inbox me on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. Or, you know, email me, fullmetallockdown at gmail.com uh, with all the information about your band. And if they're better than the bands that I have in mind for that week or that that time period, then, uh, yeah, I'll pick you. I might even ask you to be a guest on the show. You never know uh, if you will want to be. Um, and if you want me to try and get someone on the show, just hit me up. 
just tell me who they are and like it doesn't have to be private it can be public you can do it on twitter uh, at tom underscore roberts 989 uh and from there i will try my hardest to get them on the show can't guarantee a damn thing because there are people that don't like doing interviews and there are people that haven't heard my show before that's just the reality of this situation and so uh yeah i'll hit them up and i'll try so don't be shy hit me up and ask me to try and get someone on the show for you um but uh that being said i wanted to start doing like special interest guests and shows uh i want to stick to metal all my segments will be about metal but i want to i cop a bit of flack but i don't give a fuck i'm a wrestling fan like a professional wrestling fan i'm a ufc fan i'm a racing car fan i'm a acting fan i'm uh yeah i want to branch out and try and get unique people on the show uh somehow tie it back into metal but i want to get special interest guests on the show if you know what i mean uh i'm gonna try that and get back to you about how it goes but uh at the as i'm speaking right now in one week because it is 12 past 12 so it's after midnight as i'm recording this right now so it was officially wednesday and one week is my uh beautiful wife it's her 21st birthday so uh the chances on there being a show lot next week aren't uh astronomical but like I've said in previous shows, this is a hobby of mine. This isn't a job. I don't get paid for it. In fact, I pump a lot of fucking money into it to do this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if I want to take a week off to spend it with my family, I've come to the revelation that I'm allowed to. And that uh, I don't have a boss. I am my boss. And this isn't a job. This is a hobby. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry if I take next week off. But... That's not definite yet either. Uh, there is no guest book for next week. That's why I'm uh, thinking about taking the week off. Because they cancelled on me. Uh, they cancelled next week on me. So chances are they will rebook for the future. Anyway, uh, so yeah. This has been the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. I am Tom Roberts. Uh, on Twitter, Tom underscore Roberts 1989. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown. On email, full metal lockdown at gmail.com. And as always, goodbye. I love you.